Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. A number of smoking bans are being considered around the country threatening to ban nicotine from restaurants and bars. Is such a blanket prohibition necessary or even fair? Managing editor of Cato's Regulation magazine, Tom Fiery, isn't sold on the idea at all. He explains why in today's podcast. Smoking ban in Maryland and Baltimore, good idea or bad? And smoking bans in several other places. Texas has one up on the ballot or up for consideration. Illinois as well. It's sweeping the nation. Good idea, bad idea. I argue it's a bad idea because what we're trying to do is we're trying to take a certain group of people, probably a majority, and I know my own personal preference as far as what sort of an atmosphere we want to be in, and we're trying to impose it on every person everywhere. And that just strikes me as wrong. And, and that libertarians and free market enthusiasts should oppose. They should be as much opposed to a government-imposed ban on smoking everywhere as they would be a government-imposed requirement that every place allow smoking. But smoking is clearly a risky activity. It's not good for anyone. It's true. It's a risky activity, and we have the science to back that up. And there's even science suggesting that secondhand smoke is risky. Definitely chronic exposure to secondhand smoke is being shown to be risky scientifically. However, we have all sorts of risks in society, all sorts of risks on ourselves, all sorts of risks on other people. One of the things I quote in the op-ed is that mountain climbing is risky, not just for the people who are doing the climbing, but for park rangers who have to go and pull those people off of rocks. As a one-time park ranger, I know that personally. Swimming is risky for the lifeguards, for the people at the pool. Driving your car is risky for everyone else who's on the road, for everyone else who's beside the road, the pedestrians. One thing I love to point out in debates like this, the riskiest vehicles on the road by far are not SUVs. They're transit buses and light rail trains, you know, the things that the bleeding heart lefties love to talk about. Well, those are easily the biggest killers on the roads as far as passenger miles, yet we're advocating them. So we have all sorts of risks in society. We shouldn't try to make a risk-free society or else we'll all be sitting at home behind duct tape and plastic curtains like Dick Cheney and Don Rumsfeld want us to be. That's not going to be the solution. What we should instead is encourage situations where different people get to choose what risks are they willing to take, what benefits are they willing to trade for those risks, and vice versa. And so a smoking ban doesn't do that. A smoking ban tries to go risk-free. Instead, what's better is to have different places that have smoking, different places that don't, and let people decide which ones they want to go to. But you list in your iPad activities like rock climbing, skiing, swimming, sex, riding a bike, football. You can't seriously be putting these things on the same par as smoking. They are all risks. They all impose risks on other people. And the argument of the smoking ban proponents is anything that creates risks for other people must be done away with by government. Okay, well, if you honestly believe that, then what we should do is prohibit bike riding, prohibit swimming, prohibit sex. I guess we should round up anyone with HIV and put them in concentration camps, et cetera, et cetera. If you truly believe that, if that is truly your argument, then let's push it to its logical conclusion. Logical conclusion is that we're doing all of that. If it's a pleasure calculation, then what about other activities that are clearly reprehensible, like smoking crack or pedophilia, which all yield great pleasure benefits to certain individuals but aren't actually good for society? 
Well, pedophilia is an easy one to deal with because that's clearly a case where a person deriving benefits is doing it at the expense of another person who clearly we don't consider to be a fair, free participant in the activity, either because they're too young to make a decision for themselves or, in a lot of cases, because they're being forced to do it against their will. So pedophilia is not a contradiction to my argument. Crack's a little tougher. As a matter of fact, crack's a decent argument, especially for me because I'm a bit of a squish on the drug issue. I have no problems with Cato's arguments to decriminalize a lot of drugs. Crack's one that makes me nervous, that makes me nervous because it is far more dangerous and people tend to do dangerous things when they're using it. But this strikes me as not being a case similar to crack. I mean, this is tobacco. Tobacco doesn't make people crazy. It doesn't send them into the streets toting machine guns or stuff like that. I just don't buy that. Is crack dangerous for people? Yeah, sure. Is tobacco dangerous? Sure. But the people engaging in tobacco are very clearly taking on risks, I think, and making a risk trade-off calculation that's far more acceptable. So what's your solution to all this, if not a smoking ban? Well, I guess the first thing we have to ask is, well, what's the problem? And I think the biggest problem is actually a product of the last time the anti-smoking group got politically active, which is they started demanding that we have smoking and non-smoking sections of restaurants and bars. Well, this ends up being a policy solution that serves no one well. The smoke in the air doesn't stop at the end of the smoking section. It wafts in and it causes trouble for the non-smokers. At the same time, the smokers, you know, typically the smoking section is a bar or a back corner or just the lousiest part of the business. So this answer helped no one. So let's get rid of this answer. Let's get rid of smoking and non-smoking sections because they disadvantage everyone. Let us either have places decide to be smoking, in which case, you know, if they are smoking, they can maybe have a smoking and a non-smoking section, or let them be clearly non-smoking and let them identify themselves as such and then let people choose. It's just like having Chinese restaurants versus Japanese restaurants versus pizza places, you know. Let people choose which ones they want to go to. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.